Hi, I'm Mike Pickles, and you're listening to the Daily Deal Podcast. We hear about inspirational stories from folks like you and I. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Mike Pickles Podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Pickles. And today we have a very special guest all the way from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. He's a musician. He's a comedian. Please welcome Lawrence Wolf. How you doing, Lawrence? Hey, I'm doing great. It's a chilly day in Calgary, but um, probably not as chilly as, say, other places. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what is it? yeah, what is your temperature down there? It's like minus seven today. Okay. Yeah, we are minus 33. So yeah, you yeah. yeah, I'm working on my tan. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of Yellowknife, you're coming here in a couple of days, correct? Yeah, I'm super excited for the Snow Kings Winter Festival. Uh, it's the end of this week, and it's early in the week now. So uh, super excited. And I am watching the weather. I am looking at the at the forecast and seeing. I, I even phoned the hotel uh, yesterday to see if it was walkable from the hotel, uh, the <laughs> venue. And uh, I guess it isn't. So I'm bringing my jacket. And it's weird being in Calgary because we don't. I don't really need my winter jacket. I have it on standby all the time. Uh, but I haven't used it in three, four weeks now. Yeah, because uh, the Snow Kings uh, Winter Festival that you just explained, myself, my wife, we have tickets and a bunch of us. We have tickets to your show, my man. So we're going to see you soon in a couple of days. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it looks like it. Uh, they were saying sold out a few days ago. So it sounds like it's going to be super fun. Yeah. So would you mind telling me, like a guy from Calgary, how did that come about? How did you land that gig? Well, I've I basically just kind of went through their website and I'm always sort of on the lookout for, you know, submit here or whatever, that sort of thing. And I've done some other festivals throughout Western Canada and much the same way, just kind of finding it saying, hey, this is me. I do this uh, and uh, I'd love to come for a show. And it all worked out. Yeah, cool. And I know you played at Yuck Yucks. Where are some other uh, sort of memorable places you performed? Uh, well, I've kind of been on the road throughout Western Canada since about 1999 in one way or another, whether it was with music or comedy or a stage hypnosis show that I do. Um, uh, but for comedy, Yuck Yucks in Edmonton, I actually, after, it's it, the myth is that I got a job there as a doorman and an audio person after, uh, I mean, before I started, started doing stand-up myself, but that's not true what happened was i i got that job after so i was at yuck in edmonton for four years or something and uh from there i met a bunch of comics and they've taken me on the road i've been all through bc and alberta and saskatchewan which is uh, we don't talk about that place <laughs> <laughs> saskatchewan yeah i lived in larange saskatchewan for a year oh wow yeah that, north. yeah that was a, i did a show there Oh, LaRange. really? Yeah, we did. Uh, me and Keith Sarnowski, he's a great dude from Edmonton. We did a show up there and had a rental car at the venue. It was a big arena thing or something. And uh, and um, somebody had a really fun night. And while Keith was on stage, I was outside getting some air. And I saw the RCMP corner guy at gunpoint in the parking lot. So I was like, this is a nice town. And someone put a rock through our window. So we drove from LaRange. With no in the winter minus thirty uh, to Edmonton with a rock with a with tape on our window so we couldn't talk we couldn't listen to music it was it was a so I will always remember Larange 
<laughs> well, luckily for me, my experience wasn't like that. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. No, it's uh, me memorable, but uh, still, the place is nice and the people are nice. So. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, where I, I got a question for you. Where does your or where would you say your comedy stems from? Where does your comedy come from? Um, I, uh, I believe I kind of think it, it's sort of in the, in the blood, um, being indigenous, it kind of gives me, I'm not sure because, uh, the being indigenous kind of makes people funny. We, we are funny people kind of to begin with, I would say, but I say we in a strange way, because I grew up in a, I was adopted into a German family. And so it kind of comes from there, just looking around going, wait a second, I'm different. This is a, a unique situation. And I knew from a young age that it was like, this is kind of, I'm different. I don't look like my parents. I don't, uh, you know, uh, and we went to Germany and the kids were touching my face to see if I was real or or what, if they could wipe off whatever, you know, because I'm different, a different color. So kind of neat. But yeah, pretty much from from the cultural thing and um uh, you know I, I being adopted i had some sort of uh questions and that basically never get answered what if where did i come from who was my uh, biological family and all that uh and actually i have met some of my biological family since then I, since i grew up but when i was 25 i met them so even that is you know plays into some of the act and that's where it comes from Yes, is is your uh, so you hinted a little bit about your your background or your upbringing, very inspiring, very colorful. Um, is your your biological family from outside Calgary as well, or no? They're from a place just north of Edmonton, um, called Wabasca, Alberta. Okay, and they live on I think on the reserve there. And it's interesting. My I met my it's my dad. His name is John Albert, and uh, he basically looks like me but older. And so it was, it was strange. It was cool because I was 25 when I met him. So to see, you know, with the physical similarity, like, wow, that, that was pretty crazy to see uh, that uh, for the first time, I actually looked like somebody. <laughs> <laughs> now you talked a little bit about indigenous humor that you think that that's where your humor comes from. Um, I actually had Don uh, Burnstick on my uh, podcast a while ago, and I know you met him or I think you met him. Would you like to share that story or maybe you performed for him or something? Uh, yeah, he's um, he was uh, performing in Edmonton and put a thing on his Facebook that he needed an opener, and I was there that day, uh, so I just replied, and he said, sure, come on down. So I got to open for him at the River Cree in Edmonton. That was incredible. It was, at the time, the biggest show I'd ever done, four or 5,000 people, something just packed, and and yeah, it was really, that was crazy. And then another time I worked to do show, some shows on the road and we did a show in Morley, Alberta, um, the thr thriving metropolis of Morley. It was, but it was also a packed show and super fun again. And, and then I saw him years later down the road and I was like, Hey, remember we did those shows? And he did not remember me. But. <laughs> <laughs> so when guy. you say, when you say you opened up for him, like, did you have to rehearse for it? Or you just showed up and did your thing? Um, I was pretty in Edmonton uh, when I was starting out with comedy. It was Edmonton was awesome because it was really busy. Yeah. And so it was five nights a week. You could get seven, eight, nine shows in nine sets in for, you know, practice and working on stuff. And so I took advantage of that a lot. And so it was right in the middle of me being nice and busy so when he 
put that post up. So I uh, was ready to go. I just got to just, it was all the same day. It was the same day that it happened. Uh, in about noon, he put up the post and I responded and I did the show that night. So it was, it was quick and it was, yeah, it was super fun. Yeah. Good for you. Now, um, as far as comedy or, or just even life in general, who would you consider some of your, your role models that have sort of gotten you where you are today? Uh, well, in comedy, it's funny because uh, like having been in Edmonton and, and gone on the road with uh, my first, you know, bunch of road trips, uh, LaRange being one of them, as we mentioned, and <laughs> uh, you know, a bunch of them in Edmonton, you kind of go up north a lot, like Grand Prairie and and that in Alberta. So I I met um, well Howie Miller is one of my one of my we've since become pals and um, you know when when I started comedy, people thought my act was going to be similar to his. Mm. Uh, but Howie, Howie does a whole different thing. He's he's great with voices and impressions, and he's done a lot. Uh, and he's done a lot more. There's no way that I I can't I don't really aspire to be like that. But since we're pals, it's nice to see that he's done well and he's nice and busy. So I I look up to him. Uh, and uh, as far as like big names go, uh, not that Howie's not a big name, but um, I really like uh, uh, Brian Regan. Um, he's a clean comic and one of my favorites to watch and listen to. And usually when you perform, are you usually solo by yourself or do you have a duo? Do you have a, a group or it's usually just you, Lawrence Wolf? Uh, yeah, it's just me. I do, um, for stand-up comedy, I do, uh, yeah, just myself. And and um, I, I play music as well. And people have asked me, in the past about uh, combining music say like a guitar and comedy but i haven't done that either so so far it's been just me and the mic basically yeah, yeah. i was going to touch on that you're you're a musician as well so is that guitar piano like what's what's your thing yeah exactly guitar and piano and i grew up uh you know in church kind of we, we i played every once in a while in church and you learn to sing that way too so um, from there, I, you know, my, I have two older sisters who took piano lessons and did the whole Royal Conservatory, I think it's 10 grades or whatever. And they, did that, and I, I didn't, and I guess I sort of wished I could have, but I, I didn't have the patience to sit and read music. So, so they, uh, they did it and I just kept with it. My parents had a piano in the house, uh, the whole time. They only got rid of it a few years ago. So they so I played I kept going with it so a kind of self-taught musician uh you could there was a time when you could ask me what chord is that on a guitar and I wouldn't know it's the one that sounds like this wow so can you read music now I wish I could but I still can't read music so you just play by ear yeah yeah and um I I have tried a few different ways to you know teach myself how to read music and with all the books and stuff around my house, but no, never, it never took with me. Yeah. So was there like always music in your family? You picked that up through church or how did you develop that ear? You figure. Mostly through church. I think it, it's interesting to, to just finally acknowledge that there's some natural mm. bestowed ability um, on me. Cause I, I, like I didn't stick it, stick through with uh, the lessons and the, and stuff like that. It just kind of came to me uh, on its own. So 
I, I'm okay with that. I like the way, you know, I like the way it's a little more fun, natural. And yeah. still don't know certain, I still don't know certain names of chords or, you know, what, what type of music it is or whatever, but it's yeah. just what it is. Yeah. Sounds like you got a gift from God or the gift from the creator. So lucky you. Definitely. Awesome. What, what, what would you say is your uh, instrument of choice? Because you mentioned piano and guitar. Which one do you prefer? Over the last maybe 15 years, my favorite instrument to to play has been the guitar. Mm -hmm. um, and it's probably more based on that, uh, that it's a little harder to strap a piano to your back. <laughs> and and uh, or you don't want to check a piano into the uh, Flare Airlines, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I would love... I would, if I had a piano, I'd be at it all the time because it's just so, it's so relaxing and, and, um, you know, fun for me to sit and play. But a guitar is basically where I, I like, I like to just, um, I'm not one of those people that'll sit and shred like Metallica songs. I'm more pick out like a Chet Atkins song or, or something a little more complicated that I have songs that I've been teaching myself since I was in grade nine that I still haven't learned. I've learned one or two lines of and still can't play. So it's ongoing, ongoing battle with with the between guitar and piano. If I could have a piano with me all the time, that would be my favorite. But guitar is the one for now. Wow, that's fantastic. Well, maybe one day, maybe one day we'll see Lawrence Wolf on stage doing comedy with his guitar. Yes, that would be that would be pretty interesting for me as well. Yeah. All right. So I know you traveled quite a bit. So what would you say? are some of your highs and some of your lows on the stage where you're performing? Like that was a great night or that, that sucked. I wish I could erase that from my memory, those types of things. Oh, I, I mentioned earlier about um, going on the road with some of the Edmonton comics when I was uh, starting out mm -hmm. and starting out, isn't uh, starting out for me. Isn't I'm still starting out, you know, it's an ongoing process. Uh, yeah. They say it takes what, 10 years to be an overnight success or something. Still working on that. Still working on that. But uh, I did a show once um, at, at a club in Regina, Saskatchewan, and it's memorably horrible. The show, uh, my my part of the show, um, I, I was opening for a headliner, Ken Valgartsen. He's a great dude. And uh, and he and I was up first and it was uh, every comics uh, nightmare to have a stagette in the crowd. So there's, you know, 10, 15 women in the front row with uh, inappropriately shaped candies and hats yeah. and yelling things. And and uh, and so and I'm still pretty new. So I got to do plow through my 15, 20 minute set. And uh, it was I barely got a laugh. I barely got a joke out. I couldn't you know, my memory was being crazy on me and I just couldn't figure it out. And I just fumbled around for a while. And uh, got off stage, and then, of course, Kenny B goes up, and he does well because he knows what he's doing, and he knows how to take a room like that and pull it in. I did learn a lot, especially from him on the way home. He, he told me all about He's like, you weren't listening properly. You got to connect some dots, and then you got the crowd. But um, so what ended up being a good learning experience, that show, but that was by far memorably the worst show I've ever done. I think the best I've done is a, is a, a contest that I lost. In Edmonton, in Edmonton, there was a contest uh, for the Edmonton Comedy Festival. And um, again, it was right when I was like busy and doing well and really had a polished set going. And um, 
And so we had, uh, I think, seven minutes for this for a set for a contest, and you'd win a spot in the festival, so it was worth it. It was. Um, I always find it kind of funny when comedy festivals have a uh, money as a prize, which is like, well, money is great, but I'd like to do, you know, we'd like to work, uh, potentially more, you know, got to eat tomorrow too. But uh, so I was on stage, and it looked very different from off stage, I guess. I get the light, which is telling me, hey, you got about a minute left, wrap it up. And I get to my favorite joke to tell. And the joke is about two and a half, three minutes long, including the laughs. So I, in my mind, I just kind of panicked. And I remember being on stage with the mic and and just kind of pacing a little bit and then going, ah, oh, screw it, I'll do the joke. So I did the joke um, and I went over time. And I was doing so well with the points for the, that they score you for that I was only 20 points behind the winner of the of the show. And she went on to do well. Um, but uh, I, and to me, I was just like, well, I'm doing well. I'm having fun. I'm just going to do the joke. And so I lost time. I lost points. Um, and then I guess offstage, the... The funny thing about that was offstage, it looked like I walked over to the judges table and gave them a like, check this out, like a cocky look. So I, I kind of looked like a jerk. I didn't mean to. I wasn't aware of, of, you know, that at all. I was more just concerned with the set. But I guess it looked like I walked over and said, hey, check this out. And then did my big killer joke. I, I, I had fun. And Afterwards, I got some words from some of the comics going, man, you destroyed. Why did you wreck it? I'm like, I didn't mean to do that, but that would be that was the best. That was actually the best because I knew I was having fun. And at some point, I didn't care about the contest part of it. I was just doing the comedy and enjoying myself and enjoying the audience had fun. So that's all. That's interesting. Sounds like some of the common denominators of your wild stories are in the province of Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. You gotta stay away from that province. <laughs> yeah. So that, that reminds me, your story. Uh, I think we, you and I talked about this before. When I lived in Whitehorse, Yukon, several many moons ago, and it was Whitehorse or the Yukon CBC Yukon Comedy Festival, and I did some theater acting back in the day. And you know, coming from the East Coast, people say, "Mike, you're pretty funny." When we sit around drinking, you know, in the kitchen. Yeah. Okay. They're like, "When do you get on stage?" So I just said yes in a in a drunken stupor. I didn't mean to. And then the weeks went by and they said, Mike, you're on stage this weekend. I'm like, holy shit, I have nothing, 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 <laughs> no set, nothing to do. So I just went up trying to ad lib it, you know, improvise, like Colin Mockery and them, whose line is in anyway, realizing yeah. that I can't. And uh, there was a lot of silence. No one booed me. No one heckled me. But there was a lot of dead silence. But what a great experience. Like when you can do, it was five minutes. When you can yeah. do that, you can conquer the world after that, my friend. Well, five minutes can feel like five hours or it can feel like five seconds depending yeah. on what if you know what you're talking about i mean you you could talk about your favorite sports team for five minutes yeah but but could you tell me about you know describe a cardboard box for five minutes yeah it's kind of yeah. hard it was it was tough i think mine was about um i come up with this sketch about um things you wouldn't see on a hallmark card so you know you go to the drugstore and you pick out a card and it says hey congratulations on your wedding too too bad your wife's a bitch like that kind of thing so <laughs> i just yeah. went on and on and on and some of them died but afterwards oh, yeah. it was it was fun it was fun because it just you know, builds character right yeah you could do it again and edit you know and yeah. hear back i used to 
I used to, I still should, sometimes I do, um, record my set and then go back and I would actually make a little graph of the, the laughter timing oh, nice. and, try and, and try and build so the laughter is bigger at the end of the set and trying to build a sort of arc of, of how of that energy goes once once you get that. But um, when you're just riffing, it's, you know, you kind of got to listen. It's classic line. Oh, yeah, I'll remember that. And you should write it down. You should have it recorded. But hopefully, cross your fingers, you can remember. That was a good one. I should remember that one. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of sets, what's your preferred length of set? Like how many minutes do you feel like you can just nail it? My favorite uh, length for doing a set is uh, around basically half an hour. Half um, an hour. There's I've done 60 minute sets and um, that sort of feels like you're on a long flight. Somewhere in the middle, you're like, okay, am I waiting am i doing this joke or where am i when it, when the energy and the pace is all up to you it um, it was my one my first time doing a 60 minute set my brain just just said okay i'm shutting down for 10 seconds but you don't have 10 seconds it, it's so i i'd say maybe half an hour 45 it's you know it's fun you can they say the difference between half an hour and 45 minutes is breathing and that way you can kind of pace it out and listen. It's a big thing to listen to the audience where they're at. And, and you know, in a club, the at uh, the sh usually the headliner is about 45 minutes. But during the headliner, the club staff brings out bills to the to the people, the audience. Yeah. And that causes a bunch of noise and talking and, you know, sometimes beeping of a debit machine or whatever. And so there's comics... Um, not myself as much, but there are some comics who time their set according to that. So when that's happening, they have a certain joke that doesn't take away from that energy of them doing their job. And it doesn't take away from the whole set of the show. So that's a very, uh, you know, a pretty good skill to see when people do that. It's amazing. So who would, it is amazing. So who would you say they could still be alive today or have passed, but who would you consider some of your, your funniest comedians like you're like man that guy that girl's hilarious like who, who are the ones that stand out for you um i really enjoyed uh oh i'm drawing a blank now mitch hedberg um he was one of my favorites and it was just when i was a kid on the university radio station in edmonton uh there was a sunday night comedy show and it was from like midnight till i don't know how long it was basically all night and i would record it and so I got to listen to tons of comics and I didn't always know which comic it was, but I listened to joke, listened to a joke as if it was a song and go, oh, that's my favorite joke. Like it's my favorite song type thing. And so for years, I knew a bunch of jokes from comics, like famous ones, but I didn't know who they were. Um, it turns out I really liked Eddie Izzard jokes. He's a British guy. And um and uh, there used to be this comic by the name of, I, I don't really want to say his name, but it rhymes with Bill Cosby. And uh, I had, uh, my dad had records of his when I was a kid. And um, so that was a big thing to me because it was, it, it, it was like, this guy's just talking about his brother and his family and stuff. And, and then I remember, you know, just thinking, oh, there is funny stuff here. Everyone kind of laughs at, you know, uh, I spilled water on the table or I, you know, that sort of thing. And just the way you describe it. And I remember being kind of mesmerized by the idea of 
I can just stand there and tell someone what my dad did and the whole room will laugh. It's, it was pretty amazing. And I started there. You know how people would sing into a hairbrush with their favorite song? I would yeah. do that. I would do that with stand-up comedy and wow. pretend I was telling the jokes. <laughs> so so do you prefer that, that clean comedy or you prefer sort of like Richard Pryor, Rob Williams, Louis C.K. sort of dirty comedy? You know what I mean? It's just, I, I don't really have a preference uh you know i have i like um like i have some jokes I, I i'm basically a clean comic myself but i do poke some some um pretty touchy subjects and so i like i like the, the groaner jokes they're like oh and i really like the well you're not allowed to say that type joke too to deliver and to hear it from other people like I said, I don't really have a preference. I I did listen, I did listen to uh, tapes and stuff that I took out from the library when I was a kid of Robin Williams and Eddie Murphy, and and now it, I can look back and see why my dad was cringing, going, I don't want my eight year old son to listen to Live at the Met, you know, or Raw by Eddie Murphy, because um, not just the language but the subject matter and stuff, and you know, I I learned a few things that I didn't need. To learn until I was in grade six or seven, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <on> Eddie <laughs> Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, do you see yourself, Lawrence? Do you see yourself? Uh, you're a musician, you're a comedian right now, but do you, do you see yourself maybe entering the field of TV, movies, writing books, like, or are you just going to stick to jokes? Um, yeah, I actually, I, you know, I guess, sort of com comedy writing came through writing i was doing some sort of like uh i used to write for this thing called the aboriginal youth network it's no longer around but um that was just like articles like editorials or whatever it was and from there that's where the funny stuff got the content sort of started happening so i would do that again and i'm really interested in film writing i'm not really interested in films i'm not i don't like watching it strange i guess a attention span really but um I would like to write a write a film and do some something where I can sit and be an old man and drink coffee and eat muffins and and work and work at the same time. So hopefully you get some writing done. And I have done some acting classes and some auditions. I've done a bunch of auditions and never gotten a part. So it's just in the back pocket if it, something comes up ever. But I, you know, I'm not actively looking for work that like that. Absolutely, absolutely. So by the way. How can my listeners get a hold of you? How can they contact you? The best way. Well, well, my um, my uh, I think my favorite place to be and to post, and I get uh, starting to do more messages there is through Instagram. I was going to say Instacart, but that's groceries. <laughs> um, Instagram uh, is this is Lawrence Canada. So, um, but my handle kind of everywhere is this is Lawrence. There's a guy in New York who's a photographer goes by this is Lawrence. So if it looks like pictures of New York, it's not me. But um, on Twitter, I just reopened my Twitter account. And it is strange to read tweets from the last two years of not being active on there. Um, especially from reading tweets from during the quarantine when everything was kind of shut down. It's like, that's not how it is anymore. Wow, we lived like that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, this I, is Lawrence I, is every is everywhere. Okay, this is Lawrence. Now, do you are you big on social media as far as your comedy? You you pushing stuff out there or not so much? 
Um, not not my own content necessarily. I you know on my Instagram I I just like because of my uh, attention deficit lack thereof or minimal amount. Um, I my Instagram is fun for like I I just notice it's not like a it may be a writing exercise but I notice lots of funny things so like signs that are misspelled or you know uh, just a picture that's hilarious or or. Um, or whatever. So there was a sign on a store that said, uh, temporarily closed, we'll be back for five minutes instead of in five minutes. Five minutes. So just stuff like that, that I find that's funny. Um, so I, I, that, and then every once in a while I'll do like a live video or like a say hello to people or whatever. Um, I used to post songs, but like me playing guitar, but like I said, it's such a difference from comedy that, it, it doesn't it doesn't come from the same place artistically kind of for me and so I don't really know where or how to put that out there so I haven't really done that yet okay all right now if you could open up if you could be the opener for anybody who would it be hmm that is a good question who would I open for I would like to open for shoot I don't know <laughs> and maybe you have two or three maybe it's not just one you know one of my one of my favorite one of the best my favorite uh, comedy shows i've ever seen was at the yuck yucks in edmonton uh i don't think i worked there yet at the time but dave foley was there from kids in the hall it's in a hall it would be awesome to work with him because his stand-up like that was the best show i've seen like laughter wise from beginning to end you know how comics come out and say, you know, keep it going for, you know, people are clapping and he says, keep it going. His opener is about 15 minutes of keep it going. And it's just hilarious the way he's got that crowd. And I would love to work in, in such, you know, good energy. So, uh, yeah, Dave Fuller, I'd love to work with him. Or uh, Mike McDonald, you know, rest in peace. He, he was a great Canadian comic, too. And I really liked And One of the first professional shows I'd ever seen was Mike McDonald. And he would have been fun to to be around and share the stage with and have a chat with and stuff. Yeah. Mike McDonald had, uh, I don't know, sort of a dry humor, but very good uh, observational skills. Just everyday thing. Kind of remind me of Seinfeld, you know, just everyday thing. Yeah. Pick up yeah. On. yeah. He was, he was great with the, the dry humor. And I guess in yeah. person, he was very similar too. like just a, kind of fun to be around. Um, kind of having fun not having fun he was kind of one of those guys a bit of a curmudgeon -y, you know eccentric but uh but you know great great on stage so much fun to watch and i love that there's so much i think i read somewhere that he's the most televised canadian comic oh and so it, it's fun to find clips uh, every once in a while like, hey i haven't seen that one yet so yeah yeah he was he's an amazing man now lawrence wolf if I if we were to do a podcast again in ten years, where where would you be and what would you be doing? I'd probably move my desk across the room a little bit <laughs> uh, that way. <laughs> um, ten years—that's uh, a good question. I think in ten years I would probably, hopefully, be. Uh, I think writing would be kind of my favorite thing, my idea to dream about the future because. Um, you know, I, I yeah, performing is fun, and I've I've been kind of on the road since I was 19 years old, so I'm really enjoying now living in Calgary, 
with my girlfriend Alexia. She, her and I, like, she's very supportive, and so she gets that. I'm now I'm like I like kind of digging my roots in here and being at home as opposed to where's the next road trip or the, you know living in hotels and eating greasy food. I'm I'm really enjoying being at home, so I think a writing job would be awesome. Well, I hope you get that chance. I hope you get that opportunity. Does your girlfriend do comedy as well or no? No, she does. She does uh, just for me so far. But uh, okay. she is the, the she I met her through comedy uh, kind of friends and whatever. So she knows she knows the business a bit and the people and definitely is supportive. OK, my friend, before I let you go today, any famous or final last words or life tidbits you'd like to share as far as life and or comedy? Um, oh, I had a friend who asked me one time, what's the best advice you could give somebody? He was he was his 19th birthday um, and his uh, my advice, which just off the top of my head at the time. But now I've realized that it is actually really meaningful Um and all it is, is help your friends move. Uh, because uh, that's the the easiest way to tell when your friends are real or not, is if they're going to come and sweat and pick up your, your knickknacks and your boxes um, and also show up on your birthday and bring pizza and beer or whatever, right? But it, it is really meaningful to, to show up. And when, when people generally don't i know everyone has a moving story horror story uh, it's a good time to come through for people is help them move and then they'll help you like who knows you know any anytime you need help here you go folks help your friends move so there's our guest today is lawrence wolf he's a musician he's a comedian which we're gonna have the uh the pleasure of meeting at the snow kings music festival here in yellowknife this week so thank you very much, Lawrence, and good luck. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, and I hope you did, be sure to subscribe and share with your family and friends. And remember, you may be given a cactus in life, but you don't have to sit on it.